Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's up, Sixer fans? Welcome to a new episode of Sixers Daily. I'm your host, Jazz Kang. Lots to discuss in this one, including an impressive performance by Philly in a win over Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers. Also, we'll touch on some of the Ben Simmons stuff as well. But before we do, don't forget, subscribe to the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. You can catch us anywhere you get your fix. And of course, check us out at libertyballers.com. We got a big team of writers that'll have you covered for all things Sixers. The man behind most of the magic in terms of running the ship is joining me for this one, Mr. Paul Hudrick. Paul, how was this one for you, the Sixers? In case you didn't know what, what happened, Joel Embiid had a scheduled rest day off. Doc Rivers said that they had kind of looked at the schedule and decided this would be a day that, that you know, he'll sit out. Uh, they got some bad news in terms of Tobias Harris. He ended up being out of the game due to the league's health and safety protocols. That was kind of a last minute thing, but without their two best players, hell, we'll even throw Ben Simmons in there without the three best players. The Sixers still got a 113-103 win. Paul, you were in the building for this one. What was the mood like when you first got in there and it kind of you know came out that Toby wasn't going to play? Was Were you expecting this to be a loss? Be honest. <laughs> yeah, oh, of course. I, th- I think any <laughs> rational person would have, would have expected this to be a loss. I mean... It's it's so funny though, Jazz, because I, I think about it, and for maybe like I, I shouldn't say any other any other beat writer or any other beat for for the NBA teams, this would be weird. But for 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 me covering this team for the last four years, you have one of the star players holding out. We're all at shoot around, seeing if we can catch a glimpse of him. You had um, you know, and obviously with Ben Simmons' situation and everything, you know what's going on with him. Um, we get told in the afternoon, Joel Embiid is taking a rest, which I'm reassured it is rest. It has nothing to do with the knee. It makes sense. If you think about it, he'll get three straight days off, which is not something that he would be afforded that opportunity to get for the next nine days with them playing six games. Um, so, you know, uh, you're okay up until then, then you get to the arena and yeah, it's, it's a weird vibe because of the Dame Lillard stuff and, and him being there, you know, a few, you know, a few of us in the media were watching him warm up and it is a treat to watch him warm up just because of, you know, how special of a player he is and him taking, you know, 30 footers from, you know, and taking shots from the logo with, with ease. And like, it's, it's just an entertaining sight in itself. Then, you know, we get the news about to- Tobias Harris, um, you know, in the third quarter, Danny Green goes down and he leaves to the hand So the Sixers are down three starters going into the game. They lose another one in the third quarter and then they win um a wire to wire win pretty much it's it it's funny how the weirdness has almost become so routine for all of us that we're just like okay like we just go with it almost and like <laughs> and it was it's it's like to me it's at a point where i know a lot of fans still and i get it a, a lot of fans still panic about things and they still worry about like oh no is this 
is you all going to be out now? But like, and they, but to me, it's like almost, it's like fun because it, and it's, it's just like a fun thing. Like the, the Dame chance. Cause you heard, you know, it, he takes free throws um, in the first quarter and you hear a, a loud, a very loud, yeah. we want Lillard chant throughout the arena. Um, and it's just such a strange vibe, but like, it's, it was fun. Like it was a fun night. Um, Drummond was, was ridiculous. He was outstanding. Uh, Seth Curry continues to just uh, those those Wilson basketballs are having no impact on him because he is shooting the hell out of the ball um, to start the season. And George Niang looks like just those two pickups, man. Andre Drummond and George Niang look like the stealthiest, smartest picks up pickups in the offseason because they've just been such big upgrades and they've been so huge for this team so far. And it's just it's was such a team win, uh, you know, 34 assists, I believe it was on 43 made field goals. They move the ball exceptionally well. They play great team defense, albeit that, you know, they move the ball well against a team that's not a good defensive team, but they still did it with that. They're, you know, arguably their three best players. So, yeah, I mean, this to me, this demonstrates the depth of this basketball team, which has been accomplished through the draft. When you look at guys like Tyrese Maxey, um, you know, Matisse Steibel for Con Korkmaz. Uh, Shake Milton, and and then also just shrewd free agency signings on bargains with Drummond and Niang, um, and trades with Seth Curry, um, Danny Green. It's just you have to give Daryl Morey and also the previous regime some credit because they've built a team that's that has depth. I mean, yes, it's 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 very top heavy in in a in a way with Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, and Tobias Harris, and how much money those three guys make. But this is a pretty deep basketball team. So that's why, to me, if they can get Ben Simmons back and he can just be somewhat resemble the guy he was, or they can trade and get some type of appropriate value for him, I don't want to rule this team out of, of being able to do make some noise in the Eastern Conference. I really think they have some components where they could be a good team. Yeah, Paul, uh, you know, I'm not going to mistake. I don't think anybody's going to mistake the Blazers for being a championship contender. You know no. what I mean? I mean, this is a game that really – Without, like we said, the three top players. I mean, obviously, Ben Simmons' situation has been different where he hasn't played a game all season. But you're looking at this and you're like, okay, a championship team probably would have beat the Sixers tonight. But, I mean, the way they played, Andre Drummond, you mentioned, 14 points, 15 boards, seven, three assists shy of a triple-double, even had five steals as well. Uh, I love what I saw. And you mentioned George Niang. He got some MVP chance as well from, <laughs> from the Sixers fans too and and had some fun with it. But you're you're looking at the way this team played. And that, and that was the thing for me too, where they were, I don't know if you remember this now, but they were up 10 late in the third quarter, ended up having uh going without a field goal. I think it was four minutes and uh, 20 seconds, 21 seconds to be exact, but they got, you know, they were able to get to the free throw line, had six free throws that kind of kept their lead. I think they were up, uh, what was it? Two or four going into the, into the fourth. And then, like you mentioned, like FERC had those big threes to extend the lead again. Like anytime the Blazers got within striking distance that they could overtake, the Sixers, somebody came up with a big shot. You mentioned Steph, uh, not Steph, Seth Curry, but you, the way he's been shooting, I mean, he struggled a bit from outside shooting three of 10, but his aggressiveness and the way the he attempts. Looks, yeah, and, 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 and we saw him at, uh, you know, and I remember seeing him during training camp and, and you know, early on in the, in the process, how much shooting he was doing. And he's trying to work on getting a quicker release. And you're seeing that work that he put in in the offseason. You're seeing it kind of play out in front of you when he's on the court. Uh, the other thing I wanted to, to bring up with you too, what did you think of, and I, I liked what the Sixers did in terms of, yeah, they, they attempted 36 threes, but a lot of those were, were open looks. And, and I don't know if you noticed this as well, 
But in the first half, I, I looked at the shot chart. They were getting everything inside the paint. And through that, whether they were getting it off drives, um, whether they were getting off backdoor cuts, they were able to, to really penetrate the, the, the Trailblazers defense in a way I haven't seen throughout the first seven games of, of the season up until this one. Yeah, well, the reality, well, and let me make it abundantly clear before I say what I'm about to say. Um, this team is is a million times better when Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris play. Mm-hmm. Get that out of the way first. The reality is, though, those two guys, they take a lot of mid-range shots. They, they're very good at it, and that's why they do it. But that's why sometimes you don't get, like, to your point, tonight it felt like it was it was threes or it was layups or dunks. Like that was it. Like there was no, there were no, no real mid range shots. They didn't get to, they didn't take a free throw in the first half and they really didn't get to the line much at all throughout the game. Um, It was just, it it was threes and it was, it was shots at the rim, which is that's exactly what you're looking for. You have to give them credit for realizing, you know, Joel Embiid's not here. Tobias Harris isn't here. Ben Simmons hasn't been here the best way to play is to move the ball. And they did that. They moved the ball extremely well. And when you talk about Drummond, you talk about Niang, the one thing they do that the guys that, I mean, they can do a a few things that the guys that they're replacing um, couldn't do. But the big thing is both of those guys, excellent passers. Drummond had seven assists. Mm -hmm. Niang had five assists, both really good to have that good a passing from your backup front court. I mean, that's huge. Um, and as a team, they just, again, moved the ball extremely well, didn't turn it over a ton. You know, that was an issue, um, a couple games ago, but the last two games, they've taken really good care of the basketball. Uh, and, and it really has been just a team effort. Uh, and it has to be right. I mean, that's, that's going to be the big thing going forward. It, it, it seems like, you know, Joel Embiid should be back Wednesday. So that's, you know, everyone can exhale on that one, but we have no idea about Ben Simmons. Doc Rivers said pregame that Ben Simmons did more today than he's seen at any point so far. So, you know, I, I suppose that's encouraging, but we really don't know. And then, um, uh, you know, and then with Tobias Harris, you know, the, the report from, from uh, Sham Sharania of the athletic is that it's, it's going to be a bit, um, you know, don't want to speculate, but that seems to be, you know, likely a positive test and he's going to be out a little bit here. So that depth's going to have to come through. Uh, They're going to need big performances. We don't know, Danny Green, we're not really sure right now either. You know, he, he left the game with the hamstring. Um, it, that doesn't seem great for an older guy. He's probably, gonna, you would figure he's he's going to miss a little bit of time here. Um, so we'll have to wait and see on that one. And they got a back-to-back, so that makes it even trickier. They have, they're have they welcoming in a very good Bulls team, a Bulls team that improved the six, six and one now. So that's going to be, you know, that's really going to test their depth uh, on Wednesday night. So, the, the team effort, I, I think, is really impressive. I And guess what? I, I know a lot of Sixers fans aren't going to hear this. You got to give Doc Rivers some credit here. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And this is it's funny because Jackson Frank, who who is one of our, our biggest contributors, he had mentioned before the season started that Doc Rivers seems to coach better in these types of situations where his teams are down a bunch of guys and they have to play like really good team basketball. That seems to be where Doc Rivers thrives. And I think tonight was a testament to that. Um, they played really good on both ends as a team. So, um, you know, it's not what you, it, it's not the best version of this team. It's not what you want. But when they're down guys, the, the fact that they can play this brand of basketball, um, it, it's, it's an excellent sign moving forward. And it's reassuring 
for that, you know, the games when you know Joel Embiid is going to rest, that you can have get efforts like this. Um, it's really, really important. Yeah, Paul, you you were mentioning, you know, that Joel and 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 Toby take a lot of mid-range shots, right? And, you know, that's apparent to anybody who watches <clears throat> the Sixers play. But when you're watching the way these guys rolled without, obviously, their two big guns in the lineup, is there something that Doc, do you, do you think there's something Doc can take away from this and maybe change things up, especially on the offensive end in terms of, and we've seen the offense struggle, you know, for a long time overall, but this season in terms of late in games, you remember that that run against Brooklyn, they had the 16-1 run against the Pistons as well. I hung on to win that one where you're, you're, you're struggling to get these good looks. Do you think this is a good game for Doc to look back at, take the tape and say, okay, maybe we can make a little bit of an adjustment here and there in order to get more penetration, get at the rim the way they were doing against the Blazers in this one? I think one thing to consider is um, having George Niang on the floor maybe to close games because, one, he spaces the floor exceptionally well. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a great shooter. And then, like I already touched on with his passing ability, um, the basketball doesn't stick with him. He he makes decisions quickly and it moves. Um, it it it's tough because playing you know down the stretch of games, you need Joel Embiid, you need Tobias Harris. Both those guys need to be on the floor. So to put George Niang on the floor, I mean, you maybe you get creative if you're if you're Doc and if you're able to do some like offense for defense kind of a thing that that can work a little bit better. But I, I think he made a big difference tonight. And I just think, too, Seth was just very aggressive down the stretch. And um, I think not to take anything away from Seth because he was outstanding tonight and he's had a great start to the year. But Portland being so weak on the perimeter defensively, I think, really allowed him to do that, too. Like, he had a couple of really aggressive drives to the rim that a, a better team perhaps might have been able to slow down. But, um, I mean, that's the big thing is I think – it boils down like yes uh, part of it is execution and and you know and and running the offense the way it's meant to be run but at the end of the day guys got to make shots it's they say it's a make or miss league and i think that's the biggest thing so when you have seth at the end of game at the end of the game making two big threes making a big floater in the lane um you have maxi you know a a huge drive he ever blew right by lillard and, and and finished and i think that put him up eight late in the game you just need guys to make plays because you know what I, mean? I, I think the big thing is jazz fourth quarter and you know, NBA basketball, especially in the playoffs crunch time. It's about you being able to beat the guy across from you. It's one-on-one sometimes. And sometimes you just have to be better than the guy across from you. And I don't think they've done that enough. Um, and I think tonight, that's what they did. I think Seth Curry stepped up and was better than the guy in front of him. Same with Maxi on that play, that drive to the rim. Same with George Yang on a couple of plays. Like it's, at the end of the day, you can run what you want, but teams know what you're going to run. They know what your offense is. They know where you're going. They know that the ball's likely going to go to Joel Embiid or Tobias Harris, you know, et cetera. So it just boils down to some guy taking the reins and making plays. And tonight, Seth Curry did that in a huge way. Yeah, I, I, I've loved the way he's been aggressive. I've loved the way he's looking to get his shot off as quick as possible too. There was a couple of times today that I noticed I'm like, as soon as he caught it, I'm like, that's going up. You know what I mean? And, and but so to me, it, it's a good thing to see. And the Sixers so far a little bit better than they were shooting uh, last season in terms of from the three point line, they're sitting in fourth overall in the league right now, just over 38%. So again, they said they wanted to focus on that in the off season. Looks like they were able to do that. I want to jump into a couple more things, Paul. We'll do that after a short break. Support for this show comes from Sylvan learning as a parent. You want your child to have every opportunity. 
but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, we're back. Uh, Paul, you were mentioning, you, you touched on the Ben Simmons stuff that, that Doc Rivers said he's at the facility. He got a lot of shots up, uh, more shots, you know, a lot more shots, whatever that is. We've seen him post Instagram videos all summer. So I don't know if, uh, what, what that means in the bigger scheme of things. But you are around the team a ton. Uh, you're at every home game. You're basically at every practice that you can go to. What is, what is the biggest difference between, like, when, when I was in Philly with you, and, you know, we went out there and we, we hung out for a bit and got to, got to talk and be around the team. Obviously all of the focus was Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons, you know, and people were the, the, the players were talking about in the sense of, you know, we're going to deal with who we have here. Then you also had Doc Rivers and Daryl Morey, you know, drawing their line in the sand and being like, this is what we expect now that it's been a month. And now that Ben Simmons basically, you know, is trying to get reintegrated with the team and he's not just, you know, absent from, from the city. How have things changed at all in terms of around the team in the past month? And, and, and you kind of just judging with their attitude, with the, with the sentiment around it, is the Ben thing slowly becoming on the back burner now? Oh, 100%. I mean, I don't even think it's, I think for the team, it's there um, because we're not, quite frankly, we're not asking as many questions about it because there's what, what can you ask? It, just, yeah, like, it gets brought up maybe like, one, you know, Doc Rivers probably gets asked once a media availability about it. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't really have much to add. You know, he, like tonight he was asked, like, you know, was Ben at shoot around? Was he doing more? And Doc said, you know, simply, yeah, I mean, he he did more than he's done. And that's it. Like, there's no there's no real updates or anything. Like, we, we kind of are where we are with it. So I think, guys, I think most of the players on the team are at a point where it's just like, okay, like, we're just playing ball. Like, what, what can we do? And when Ben's back, he's back. And I I think when you and I talked about it before, uh, when we talked about it on the podcast, I I kind of felt like a lot of people were making a big thing of, oh, the chemistry and, and you know, oh, Daryl Morey, this might be a, a situation where he's not taking into account, you know, what, what it's going to do to the locker room and et cetera. I never felt that. I felt like the attitude of the team was we want Ben back. And if he comes back, great. We'll welcome him back. If he doesn't, then we just have to play, like, what can we do? We have to play basketball games. I think that has been the clear message, the clear kind of mantra of the team. And I think they followed. I think they're just rolling with it. And right now they're rolling with the current situation. Okay, Ben's trying to get himself mentally back to being at a point where he can be back with us and and help us win some basketball games. And I think that's where they are. It's, 
I, and I have you have to give credit to the to the veterans on the team. You know, you have to give credit to Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris, who are clearly, you know, this team's their their two primary leaders. I think Joel Embiid has stepped up in a huge way as a leader on the Tobias Harris. I, I like he's just one of those guys who just has kind of that that natural leadership to him. I think people kind of flock to him just because of the way he carries himself and you know his the level of professionalism he displays and the way he kind of has taken young guys under his wing. I think Joel Embiid, it's been a little bit more unnatural for him, and I think he's kind of had to grow into it. Uh, but credit to him, he has. I really, truly believe he has. You just see it, Jazz. Just like, you know, from from being around – I mean, I've, I've essentially been around him, you know, almost his entire career, and you just have seen the growth, the maturation. I mean, you saw it last year heading into the season, how much, how much more mature and how much, you know, the way he carried himself – and now this year it's on a completely on the next level. So it, that's been really impressive to see the way he's kind of led these guys through it. And I, I just think that's, you know, for them, for the players, I think they're fine. I think they are just really not really caring about what's going on around them. I think they're just trying to win games. And I think tonight's game is a testament to that too. Look what's going on. You have fans chanting, chanting, we want Lillard when he's at the free throw line. You have, you know, everyone making a big deal. Andre Drummond was asked about, you know, the chance. And he said, like, that has nothing to do with me. Like, we played a really good game tonight. We won. And I think that's where their focus is. And that's that's a credit to those leaders. It's a credit to, again, you have to give Doc Rivers credit for having his team in the right frame of mind. Um, and really, you know, you have to give Ben Simmons a little bit of credit here because um, he, he's shown up. He, he is there. He, he's working out with the team. You haven't seen any of the leaks of the reports about his unhappiness or about him pushing still to be traded. It's all of that has quieted down. And the focus around the Sixers is basketball, which I think a lot of us are, are pretty damn happy about. Yeah. Compared to, it was like a circus like atmosphere, you know, when we were, when, when we were at camp and, and being around there, everything was Ben, 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 you know, every player was being asked that. And like you said, it seems like things have, have started to calm down. Um, but I did want to get your opinion on this. Paul, when do you think this thing will kind of have some sort of re resolution in the sense that either Ben is in a uniform and actually playing in a game? Uh, when, how long do you think this will take to play out? And, and do, you, do you have any guess on, on the time frame for it? it's hard because it, it's such an unprecedented situation and it's such a weird situation that, um, you know, for a guy to be with the team, like, you know, you know, it's just, it's just, it's, it's just really bizarre. And excuse me. I think, you know, I don't think it's a secret that part of what's good. I mean, Ben Simmons is going to, is going to face a lot of booze. Um, the first time he steps on the floor at the Wells Fargo center, it's not going to be pretty. Um, he, and he's going to have to face that. And it's, it's not going to be, it's not going to be a good experience for him no matter what. And um, maybe the, the better option is let's wait till we have a bunch of road games, see if perhaps he can, he can play well, you know, maybe build up some goodwill. So, I mean, I'm, again, I'm sure he'll be booed, but maybe it's, it's a little bit calmer if, you know, they have, I think it's what a six game road stand starting on November 13th in Indiana. And then they go, you know, they play a West coast swing. That might be a good opportunity for him to kind of get, you know, situated and, 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 you know, help, you know, play out there at West and kind of away from the scrutiny of the fans away from the local, you know, the local fans, the local media, and maybe just play a little bit free 
And, you know, maybe he takes a bunch of threes or something and um, hits a bunch of free throws. And then when he comes back, the, 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 the venom um, maybe isn't as bad. Um, that's the only, the only thing I could think of. Uh, if you're asking me for like a, a realistic time when I think he, he, he might play games again for the Sixers, I think that makes sense. Um, I don't have any inside information as to whether that's true or anything like that. It's just, just something that would, would line up with, with what we're seeing. Uh, The fact, I I mean, the longer this goes without any kind of movement on a trade or, or the longer it goes without us hearing anything, as far as Ben's camp putting anything out about, Oh, well, he's still 100% wants to, wants to be traded. The, the more we don't hear about those things, the more I tend to think that he will play a game for his Sixers for the Sixers again. Now I've changed my mind probably what six times on that between the end of last year (laughs) and and an opening night and now, but it it seems to be leaning towards him playing a game again for the Sixers, whether that's just for him to improve his trade value in his mind or, or, you know, be a good sport and, you know, show teams that he's willing to, to show up and do that or whether that's to, actually try to help this team win basketball games. Um, I'm not sure, but I, I, I'm at a, well, first of all, I'm at a point where nothing would surprise me, um, but I, I definitely would not be surprised if that road trip um, is a good springboard to him returning to the team and getting reacclimated and, and playing in some games. We'll wrap up on this because I'm with you. I don't know when this, you know, I don't have a timeline in my mind either. I, I, I think that's, that makes total sense that you're saying, you know, they, they kick off that, six game road swing on the 13th against the Pacers. Yeah. That might be a good time to get him back with the team where he's not having to deal with the, you know, the vitriol the fans are going to have for him. And that's just, you know, that looks like that's going to be the case, but uh, you know, to me, I'm looking at this. If he does come back, yes, improve your trade value. We'll work on something that, you know, it's almost like, and again, I don't want to, it's not apples to apples, but you look at the Aaron Rodgers thing where it's like, okay, you just going to come in and play. And Chances are Aaron Rodgers won't be with the Packers next year. But again, like you said, in the world of sports and in this day and age, nothing would surprise me. But I do want to wrap up on this. Having Dame Lillard there, uh, having him being serenaded by the fans with the uh, with the chant, and he said that he heard them. You know, they showed me some love. Um, and he said the city of brotherly love. But um, you're, you're looking at this, and do you think he like just did he have any extra swagger to his game that you picked up on in person did it did it look like something like okay you know what because I again the Blazers don't look like a very good team they didn't make any real meaningful changes in terms of with their player personnel in the offseason that I think would have would have you know elevated them into the top not even in the league but the top half of the Western Conference when you're looking at him did you still think that is going to be the priority and that is going to be the target of, of Damian Lillard if a Ben Simmons trade does commence it's uh, it it still feels like it, it's it's a little bit of a dream scenario for that to happen. Um, with that said, dreams come true sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, look got, at you, right, you know, Paul? So, right. Living yeah, the dream absolutely. With the, yeah, Here yeah. we are, right, Jess? Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, so, it, like you, I, I think what you're what you've touched on is, is the most important thing. I don't think this is a very, I don't think this is a very good Blazers team. Um, I think they're, they're going to be a play-in team. Uh, like they're not, I, I really struggle to see a scenario where they are in the top seven of the Western conference. Mm-hmm. And, and like how many years is Dame Lillard going to want to spend of his prime? He's already on the wrong, like, you know, on the wrong side of his prime right now. How many years is he going, going to want to spend 
playing for a team that's a playing team. Uh, it, it gets to and like they don't have much. Uh, they don't have much room to move. They have really no maneuverability like that. This is it. Like they're pretty set. Um, you know, the nuclear option is to move CJ McCollum at some point, I suppose, but how much, what are you going to get for CJ McCollum? And is that going to put you over the top? I'm not so sure that really would do the trick. So it, I'm just really fascinated by it. Cause I think what part of the appeal of like a mass appeal of Dame Lillard for, for anyone, like why he's such a likable player on top of just being really freaking good is how loyal he's been to, to Portland and, and to that area and how Portland, how, how loyal he's been to that organization when a lot of other guys have demanded trades. A lot of other guys have, you know, done some other, you know, held out, have, have, have had some nasty experiences with their teams the fact that even though he's clearly wasn't thrilled with the, the direction of the organization this offseason, he still said, you know what, I, I'm going to give it a shot with Chauncey Billups, you know, with, you know, Larry Nance and some of the additions we've made. I'm, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to see how it goes and reassess it. Um, I, I got to say, though, if this is a 500 basketball team by the All-Star break, which seems entirely possible, um, does that change his mind? Maybe. Um, I don't think. I don't think Dame, like I was a little surprised that it came out publicly this offseason that he was not thrilled. That might've been intentional just to maybe try to light a fire under Neil Olshi a little bit, perhaps, but I was a little surprised that it came out. And I, I don't, I think if he demands a trade at this point, um, or, you know, again, if, if it's a situation where there are 500 team, as we draw closer to the trade deadline, I don't think he's the guy who's going to publicly come out and, say he wants to be traded to make a lot of noise. I think what, you know, it, it'll probably quietly behind the scenes tell Neil Olshi like, Hey man, if there, you know, I, I, I want out, I want to go, I want to play for a team that has a shot to win. Um, is that team going to be the Sixers? I don't know. Cause lots, a lot can happen between now and the, and the all-star break the trade deadline for the Sixers. So it, it, it feels like a long shot, but that certainly doesn't mean it's impossible and a lot can change between now and the trade deadline. So I think it's 100% worth monitoring. And I think, I think Sixers fans, I think you did a hell of a job tonight letting him know that he would be very, very welcome <laughs> at the Wells Fargo Center in, in a different color jersey next time. Well, and I'm, I'm looking at this and, and just looking at the landscape of the NBA. You look at the Western Conference with you know teams like the Warriors, the Jazz, um, the Lakers, people are expecting to turn things around there. A lot of these teams don't don't have many assets to to get a guy like like Damian Lillard. And you look at it in terms of, of of what teams have in the Eastern Conference. I think it's likely if he is dealt that he ends up in the East as well. But you know what? Again, this situation is going to take a long time to play out. In the short term, the Sixers are now five and two. And again, it was a hugely impressive win uh, for them against you know coming up shorthanded without Joe and and without Tobias Harris. So I think we we're all impressed with it. Paul, get some rest. I know you're a busy man. You've been running around all night. I appreciate you taking the time <laughs> on to hop on with me. You got it, Jazz. Anytime, man. All right, that does it for this episode of Sixers Daily. Before we wrap things up, don't forget, subscribe to the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. We'd always appreciate a five-star review if you're inclined to give us one. And of course, check us out at libertyballers.com. <laughs>